welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. And I'm Noelle. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Okay, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Um, Noelle is not with us today, but we do have a special guest. Dolores from Rose Home and Willow Pregnancy Services in Oklahoma City is here to talk to us today about who they are, how they got started, and what services they offer. So welcome, Dolores. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. We're glad to have you. You want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself so that our listeners can get used to your voice and get to know you a little bit better? Sure. My name is Dolores Person. I have been a part of Willow Pregnancy Support um, and the Rose Home from the time that it actually started as Birthright. Louise Summerhill was the founder of Birthright in Toronto, Canada. The conception of Birthright was um, on October 15, 1978. That's when Birthright was born. Um, I think it's St. Teresa of Avila. That's her feast day. So um, anyway, um, I actually grew up um, in the home. I'm the daughter of Barbara Chiska, who was the executive director, who's been there for 47 years. So um, I've been kind of in and out as a volunteer and now as the Rose Home Director. What exactly does Rose Home do for women? So what Rose Home does, um, we are an Endeavor Willow Pregnancy Support. Um, we have been, um, it was established in 1986, in September of 1986. Um, so women that find themselves with an unplanned pregnancy and find themselves homeless. Um, many things have changed over the course of the years. Um, but the Rose Home is a, is a place that women can come, come without fear of judgment. Um, we provide them the space to get grounded, to work through whatever challenges um, may be facing them, and to help them. Our services are limited, um, but they do include you know, getting them to um, an OB, to uh, making sure that they have um, prenatal care, um, they partake in nutrition classes. We um, partner with the OSU Extension Office, so um, they have weekly uh, nutrition classes. They uh, meet with the director, myself, for case management and addressing other issues that they might be dealing with. Um, they are expected to seek counseling outside of the Rose Home, so it takes both professionals and trained volunteers. The other things that um, we help them with is that they're expected to cook a meal once a week. Some women come and that is frightening, it's daunting. So we help them in establishing this task and more times than not, the women are like, can I cook again? Can I, can I, can I make another meal again? And they find it a joy to be in the kitchen. They are, um, partake in childbirth classes. Um, we are using a program called Bright Course. Um, and it's all done um, on the, whether it be on a laptop or on the TV, that there's different modules. Um, also on um, infant care, um, prenatal care, life skills, on anger management, on um, budgeting, on um, how do you create a budget. So they partake in that as well. 
And I need to take those classes. Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> the same thing. So um, it was we actually were um, given a grant with the Butterfield Foundation um, to be able to have the bright courses and to offer this to our to the women that come through the Rose Home. Okay, wow. that's awesome. Really. Awesome. So, and do you does the Rose Home only take in women who are currently pregnant? Because from what my understanding was, was that women who have young children can also go into uh, the Rose Home as well, or? Um, so the policy is is that the woman um, does need to be pregnant. Uh, she can bring children as long as the children are five and under. So, but if I get a phone call, if I get an inquiry, you know, I my the maybe they there's a child that's eight. Um, I will do whatever I can to refer her to other organizations so she doesn't feel like she's alone. That's our one thing, because we do not want women to feel that they're alone. Um, and if it's because there's a policy that, you know, where there is an older child or whatever it is, I will do whatever I can to assist the mother to get her um, to appropriate placements. Right, and there are times when maybe there's a mother that's given her and um, that she is homeless, so there are times that we'll look at that and see if we can assist her as well. So. Okay. And from what I understand too, if I may, um, is it also the case? And again, this is I I, I used to work with um, Birth Choice, and mm -hmm. sometimes we uh, they, there was like a collaboration there. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but it was many many years ago, so I might not remember correctly. But with Rose Home, also, like once the woman actually has the baby, um, they can stay there for a certain amount of time, correct? And what is the process that, of uh, transition? So once um, the mother um, has the baby, she roughly has 90 days to find safe, affordable housing. But we begin that process immediately once she enters the home. What is relocation looking like? And we talk about that continuously every time we look at how i have case management with a resident we're looking at what what is relocation looking like because you we don't want to have a woman have a baby and then like okay now you've got 90 days and what's going to happen now no we want to be as proactive as we possibly can to help her find safe affordable housing so um i will say that we do have um some grants that help us with women when it comes to relocation, if they're needing some assistance. So it's something that um, is a part of what I oversee, and it's something that we have to apply for on a yearly basis. We have been very fortunate that we've been able to help women, like for the, with that first month's rent. Or say they have money, they, um, and that's also part of um, the process is that, you know, if they're working, that they're setting so much money aside. Or relocation, or being able to afford something out, you know, out there in the community um, on their own. But say they're able, you know, they they get out, they relocate, and you know, four months down the line, they're like, I'm in a tight spot and everything, and I need help with rent. Then they fill out an application, and then I can oversee that. More times than not, again, I'm able to assist with that through this grant that we that we apply for on a yearly basis. We're only like 10 minutes into this conversation, this interview, and I mean, I've already learned that you, know, you guys do an amazing amount of great things for women. So thank you guys for that. My goodness. Well, you're welcome. It's not to me that your organization is unique in that you truly do take seriously the cause.
how to accompany these women in these lonely places in their lives. Yeah. And he says expressly right off the bat, what we do not want is for them to feel alone. And from the very beginning, and even after they've left your home, it seems like there is a deep sense of community and accompaniment. And I think that's just so unique and beautiful and different mm-hmm. than other organizations. And it really shows, it really speaks to the true gospel nature of this organization, that you guys are truly following the gospel mandate to walk with each other, with these women, with their crosses, and with their own, you know, Emmaus. And I just think that's so beautiful. Well, thank you. It is. Um, as Louise Summerhill, um, so after I um, came on board, came back on board, um, as an employee of, of Willow and the Rose Home, I went back and I um, went to reread the story of Birthright because that's our foundation. Even though we've had name changes, Birthright, Birth Choice, and now Willow, there is things that still stand in the work, all of this work that we're doing through Willow and the Rose Home, the essence of it is love. These women yearn to be loved and they might not be able to articulate that to us, but that's what they desire. That's what they want. But she talks in the book that in working with these women, you truly take on their their crosses, their pains, their sufferings. You know, whatever they're going through, you you take that on with them and walk with them. Yes. What is the meaning behind the name Willow? If you go to the website, actually, to um, the website of Willow, it talks about it, and I believe it's a reference to Ezekiel. Okay. So, so yes, I do know that much. <laughs> you can't be expected to do all the jobs. Right. <laughs> I wear a lot of hats, but I wouldn't have You can't do everything. That's right. That's right. About how many women can you help in Rose Home at a time? So, so right now, we can um, help up to three women. An average length of, length of stay for a woman is around 236 days, just depending on when they come to us in their pregnancy. Some women could be with us from, you know, when they find out at eight weeks and, um, and then stay with us through um, the three months after she delivers. So, you know, some of us could be with us for, you know, almost a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes. So you're really just walking, again, you're just setting aside a whole year to just mentor and walk with these women and just impact and change their life. I just think that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) And here I'm thinking that I feel at times that it's like, it's it's just the beginning. Like if I could just have some more time to really work with these women. So, um, and to to really help them and to um, assist them, so it's like the you know hit the ground running, you know, once they come into the into the facility and everything. So, but I would like to take this opportunity to talk about we are rebuilding Rosem. So the original Rosem, which was off of 30 in North Dewey, um, a few years ago, it um, there was a fire there. And so that's why we're in an undisclosed location right now. So we are literally waiting um, within just hopefully in a few weeks, we will be breaking ground on our new facility. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a 7,500 square foot facility. 
So right now we can have up to three women, and the new facility will be able to have up to eight women. Oh, so, wow. So, um, and so we are just like on pins and needles of waiting for that to, for the ground to, um, the breaking of that ground. So um, we are very excited. You know, been a, a lot of work and um, dedication from a lot of different people and um, making this happen. And so, so we're so very, very excited that we're going to be able to not just be able to help more women, but our scope of services are going to be changing and expanding as well. What kind of spiritual direction and guidance do you offer the women while they're there? You have them as a captive audience, sort of a willing captive, but um, are you able to really teach them to take time to teach them the truth of the faith, to learn how to pray on them? What sort of things do you do in that realm? Um, great question. Um, and it's something that I real I literally contemplate every single day. And I will I will say that it's not so much me talking to the women about God, but it's me talking to God about the women. Oh, yes. You know, God, how can I be your vessel today yeah. to minister to these women? It's not so much by my words, mm-hmm. but by my example. Um, and so, and I had a client come to me and say, Mr. Lewis, how do you do what you do? And I said, do you really want to know? Mm-hmm. And she goes, I do. I really want to know how you do. And I said, well, I said, I begin and I end my day with prayer. And everything in between is also a prayer. Mm-hmm. So I said, if you think I'm just doing the dishes, you know, and just doing that manual labor and whatnot, that temporal work, there are many times I'm praying you just don't mm-hmm. know it. <laughs> so she's like, you know, she was just like in awe. And um, before I knew it, she was, we had quite a few books, different books in the living room. And um, within a few days, she had some prayer books, you know, meditation with Jesus. So it just goes on. So again, it's by example, and it's really about, you know, asking God to help me to do his work, um, his will, not mine, that fiat, as Mary's fiat. It's daily, sometimes more than once a day. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, what about those who, especially those listening right now, are also feeling that call to help, but they can't be in a position like you are to be directly with the women? What are some things that other people serve your ministry? Buy material goods. Um, you know, being on our Facebook page and looking for, you know, what material goods. I mean, always in need of diapers, formula, wipes, clothing. Um, you know, if there is something that they have, a, you know, if a person has a special gift and they want to share that, um, if you go onto the web page, there's a place where you can fill out an inquiry and then it's routed to the um, appropriate person, whether it be myself, development, um, so, so yes, in, in wanting to, you know, actually do volunteer hours and things like mm-hmm. that, so. Yeah, and I mean, I can say from, and again, this was many, many years ago that I worked for um, Willow when it was birth choice, mm-hmm. but I can say when you go to volunteer there, I did find it amazing how just, like, 
how humble the people were because you know like you were, they were talking about you know how do you express your know, Christ to these these women and whatnot and they were very much about you know we accept everybody it doesn't matter your faith background it doesn't matter where you come from um, or you're, you believe in Christ or not like you're you know a dignified human being we're going to treat you that way and so um, yeah I did just find that so such a humbling experience to to volunteer there if you, if anybody ever does have an opportunity to go and volunteer for either Willow or for Rose Home because, um, yeah, it was just a very humbling, humbling experience because everybody who came through those doors at Willow was treated, again, just with so much dignity and respect and love. And I, I think you're right about saying that, you know, you didn't have to necessarily talk to them about God or talk to them about, mm -hmm. you know, the church. It was just through your actions and through your prayers for that person. God could work through you in his own way, not necessarily how you thought that they should be, you know, evangelized, but he would just kind of do it on his own. Mm -hmm. You just have to be a willing participant. Right. Um, and I will also say that, you know, all the intakes that I do, you know, in meeting with women um, that are looking and needing a place, you know, to live. Um, and then, so all the clients that I have come in contact with have taught me more than I will ever be able to teach them. They um, have taught me to be patient. They have taught me to love. I can muster up that compassion and that, and go that extra mile. Um, so, and I know there's so much more that they teach me, and it's just, I mean, it's just, I feel like it's just this scratch on the surface, you know, because I've only been back since the beginning, well, I came at the beginning of March, right during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that was fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, so um, I say it's been baptism by fire. <laughs> and if somebody would have said, Dolores, in a couple of years, you're going to leave your job in the performing arts field, and this is what this is what you're going to be doing. This is what God's going to want you to do. And I would have said, not over my dead body, but um, but no. So um, I am I am so grateful. Uh, my life is enriched by the meeting with all these women and being a part of that. Even if we can't like help them out with housing and then entering into the Rose Home. Uh, but being able to meet with them and to know, though, that we're still there to help them and to be with them and to journey with them. So, what advice would you give? Um, maybe if we have a like a listener out there who is experiencing an unplanned pregnancy or a loved one um, is experiencing an unplanned pregnancy and just doesn't know what to do, um, what what would you say to them? Um, to call to call our um, office, um, which is 631-4477. Call, get an appointment, meet with one of the, uh, schedule an appointment. Um, all of our appointments, right, I mean, all of our, um, um, like to get a, 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 you have to set up an appointment. So, um, but to definitely to call, um, and again, that number 631-4477. And to go from there and to come into the Willow office. We want to take time to talk about anything you want to plug, anything that's really important to you that you want our listeners to know. Um, I actually, um, you know, you, uh, um, Stacy had asked about, um, or we were talking about, like, you know, 
um, like how many women we serve. And so actually, just a couple of weeks ago, I received our 2019 Willow Pregnancy Support um, Center statistics. And this covers all of our offices. So let me say that we have an office in Edmond. We have an office in South Oklahoma City, which is our main office at 4701 Southwestern. And then um, we also have an office in Bethany off of North Rockwell. So these numbers are, uh, again, 2019, but they cover all of our offices. So um, diapers, 1,874 diapers were given out in all three of our offices. 165 prenatal clinic visits um, in 2019. 1,023 ultrasounds were done in 2019. 732 items of formula. 287 layettes were given. Um, in 2019, we had 48 volunteers. And with those volunteers, we um, there was there was 4,539 volunteer hours. 1,502 baby clothes. 5,266 phone calls, office visits. So this would be a woman coming in for a pregnancy test. 4,899 office visits. Maternity clothes, um, 109. And then um, Rose Home Statistics. So uh, during the year of 2019, um, there, were, there was um, eight residents at the Rose Home. Out of those residents, um, two children were brought into the Rose Home, and then six um, babies um, um, out of those eight residents um, were born. And then a total served at the Rose Home that year was 16. Wow. Amazing. That was so great. And you mentioned the layout. What is the layout? The layout. So, um, Mom comes in, or, you know, woman comes in, you know, has the confirmation of pregnancy, you know, we, um, um, you know, see her for whether she needs maternity clothes, and then once the baby is born, she can call in, make an appointment, and then be given a layette, and that will include, like, some clothing, blankets, um, diapers, formulas, and toys, just, and it's done like in a laundry basket and maybe if there's some specific things that she might need and if we have them in our donation room then we you know we do what we can so so after the mother has the baby she can go and uh, i mean she can call and then it's like the time to get up yet but i thought that's what it was because mm -hmm. uh, again when i was when i was there many years ago we would give out those layouts i forgot mm -hmm. what they had been called but um, there was a group of women, um, I'm guessing maybe through the church, that you know, a nearby church, that they would um, hand knit and crochet these blankets yes. and donate them to put into the baskets. And yeah. it was just so mm -hmm. beautiful, like so much love put into those little blankets for these little babies. And it just, it always made me so happy to be able to hand out those baskets to the women and tell them congratulations and make me so happy. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. Um. So I noticed on your all's Facebook page a while back that you just started a partnership with Trader Joe's. Do you want to talk any or anything about that or even other partnerships that you may have? Sure, absolutely. So um, once I came on board, um, I started writing letters of who could we collaborate with, who could I cultivate a relationship with. 
And so I realized that there was a Trader Joe's and it was fairly new. So I wrote a letter and um, wrote a letter to them and to other local places. And um, probably about six weeks afterwards, I received a phone call. And so um, I met with the volunteer coordinator at um, Trader Joe's. And um, so now we receive um, on a weekly basis, we go and we pick up shares, donations. And um, it is, um, and it's like, it's like Christmas every Saturday evening. <laughs> So, uh, but, um, so they help us with a variety of different things and what they can donate to us. Um, so, so we're working with them. Um, and then also, um, B4 Cattle Company. Um, I, I remember this. It was Memorial Day weekend and I was working that weekend, um, all weekend. So I, um, started Googling and trying to figure out, you know, somebody out there, you know, like, you know, a ranch and, and also trying to get acclimated again to Oklahoma City and the surrounding areas. So um, anyway, I emailed them um, seeing if there was a possibility that could they donate to our nutrition program. And so um, they have been very generous in um, supplying us with grass-fed beef on a monthly oh, awesome. basis, and because these women, you know, I want them um, to have good nutrition. And anyway, so they have again been very, very generous in um, in donating to the Rose Home. So I might be shopping there a little bit more now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I know you guys also just had, like, you guys have fundraisers, mm -hmm. um, and you just had your walk recently, and there's the Rose Home Garden Party. Um, how does somebody find out about those events and RSVP for them? So, um, let me plug this in. So, April 22nd, it's a Thursday, it will be an afternoon, it will be the Rose Home um, Garden Party which is an annual event. Probably the best way would be you can go through the website of Willow Pregnancy Support. Um, also, you could call um, our main number and get in touch with um, our development director, Carrie Rosso. Um, and again, that our main number um, there at Willow is 631-4477. And then our website is willowpregnancy.org. So... And then they can help you with, um, you know, getting tickets, getting a table, and um, going from there, making a reservation for the, the garden party. It will be at Cole's Garden. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. So. <laughs> um, Cole's is across from the Cowboy Hall of Fame, or Western Heritage Museum on 63rd Street. We had oh. our recent, my husband and I had our wedding reception there. So, And it's an afternoon, like. 1130 to 1.30, so, so yeah. So. One question I have, I'm actually on your page right now looking at it, and it looks gorgeous, beautiful, and awesomely updated, and all that fun stuff. I was thinking, as you were talking about ways, um, one of the things that I've seen a lot of
They'll start a fundraiser on their own Facebook page for a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and it they raise money for the nonprofit, and then that nonprofit receives the funds. Let's mm-hmm. see, obviously, yeah. <laughs> for Facebook, I know that I would love when people are asking me, "What can I get you? What kind of diapers?" You know, all there's three of us that are trying to I would love to be able to say. Hey, can you also draw the package for Willow? And make it sort of like our own personal fundraisers that we do from our homes, or to be able to click on this thing and be able to just raise money for you mm-hmm. on, on our own personal pages to be able to support you guys in that way. That sounds like scary. Sure. So our development director, um, who oversees our social media, both our um, Facebook and our Instagram. So um, is um, Carrie Rosso. So and she can be again. She can be reached through um, the um, the web page okay. um, in inquiries, and you can direct it to her in the memo, um, or also again call, which that number six three one four four seven seven. You know. Um, so yeah. So but yes, absolutely. So I'm. I'm not Facebook savvy at all. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, um, but, but thank you for sharing that. Cause that's great information to, to know. So. And I'll give her a call too. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we want our listeners to know that yeah. that may yeah. Listeners, we will follow up on that too. And once that is established, if they choose to do that, we will mention that again in a future episode and encourage you to do that when you are wanting to find a nonprofit to um, support for your birthday or just whatever yeah. you want to do. Um, speaking of our listeners, some of our listeners aren't just from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I know we have at least one in Puerto Rico and that you know supports us. And what would you, what would your advice be to them? Because you know we've, we've been talking about our area because we we are we're in Oklahoma, um, but what about those listeners that may like Annie had mentioned earlier, be in a unexpected pregnancy or have a loved one who is and need help? What would your suggestion to them be? Is there like a overall like this is kind of a a plan for you if you find yourself in this situation or you have a loved one who is, this is what you can do to find the help and support that you need. Because of where we're at um, with technology, I mean, I actually, in the past like nine months, I have actually had calls like from women like in other states oh, and actually in other countries. And I was able to connect them with other life-affirming agencies that would be able to help them. So um, that's amazing. I love that. So call you. Anyone, anyone, anyone. And but that's the beauty. I mean, it's like um, that's where technology is really mm-hmm. our friend, and we can, you know, work for the greater glory of God in that way. And being able to help people in you know very remote places, and um, so um, and I did. I I had I've had a couple of instances where you know people have been on the other side of the world, and I was able to you know help get them in contact with 
with someone that could help them in their immediate area. So, Grace, I mean, there are, and this is one reason I'm probably so excited to have you on here, because there are so many pregnancy resource centers out there. There are so many. But it seems like there are not a lot of people really know about them, especially women who find themselves in unplanned pregnancies. Um, they just tend, it seems like, not to know about these resources. And they're so important, and they're so, I mean, they really do empower women mm -hmm. so much. And so, I mean, I, I, would, I would think that there is at least, you know, one pregnancy resource center just about everywhere mm -hmm. because they are so prevalent. And so, you know, doing that Google search and just calling somebody and, and finding out you'd probably be able to find somebody close to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, I mean, in the cases that I've had, um, in being able to network, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's part of what I do. I mean, um, and really, and also, I mean, really having to educate myself on what, you know, what is out there. So, and some pregnancy resource centers, you know, are just up and coming, and so they're trying to, you know, get to where, you know, with all the advances in technology and, you know, all of the different social media platforms and things like that. So, I mean, it's really partnering with each other and being able to help um, women, you know, wherever they're at. So It's kind of a little safety net. Yeah. Well, Dolores, we have really appreciated having you on. I am so excited. For people to hear this episode and to share what you do to support women and children and everything you talked about is just so amazing I I you know I hear about people helping women in crisis pregnancies or unexpected pregnancies and but cooking you know teaching them how to cook and how to do life skills you're not just helping them have their baby you're teaching them skills that are they're going to need to succeed in life and to continue on and support their family. And it's just so beautiful. And we thank you so much for being oh, here today. Well, you're, you're welcome. And I thank you. And um, yes, because so many times these women come to us and they've had so much trauma in their life. And to be given that space to work through that, to get out of that residue of trauma that they can move forward, they can make healthy choices in their life for themselves and for their baby, that really giving them that chance to, to start fresh, you know, um, and, um, and to look forward and, um, and to really give them the tools that they need to, um, um, to better their lives and everything. So, um, so, yeah, so, um, and I hope that, you know, as we grow, as we move forward with Rebuild Rose Home and everything that we can come back and share um, as we progress Absolutely. in the, mm -hmm. in this huge undertaking, which is so exciting, so. We're excited for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. But I think we could all say we'll, we'll be praying for you guys. Absolutely. Because you have an amazing yeah. ministry. And the fact that it's growing, it shows, I think, that, you know, God's really in in it with you guys and you know loving what you guys do <laughs> yeah thank you and i guess yeah, we appreciate the prayers and you know sometimes i mean when you're busy raising a family and um you know to, to pray for our you know board of directors to pray for our executive staff all of our volunteers that give their, uh, their time and talent um and that work with these women day in and day out 
because we could not we could not do it without prayer. So, um, and that's something else. Um, and I'll finish with that. Is you know Louise Summerhill. Um, and actually, can I read this? Because I have it typed up, and I just think it's um, beautiful. So in the book, um, The Story of Birthright, Louise Summerhill writes, every once in a while I have to discover the decisive importance of prayer in my life, such as when I find myself missing morning mass and meditation to do a basket of laundry. Missing the time with God is asking me to listen to him before listening to the world. The laundry will always somehow get done, but I am not able to relive those lost moments with God when I have been led by worldly consideration, no matter how worthy, rather by personal inspiration. So um, that just speaks volumes to me that, um, you know, when there's dishes in the sink, when I know that other things need to get done in the house and everything, number one thing that I need to do is, 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 is prayer, to start my day in prayer. So, because I could not do what I do without it. So. So thank you again for having me. Thank you. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks when we discuss body image. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.